We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. We're talking about David Johnson's big bounce back historical scoring seasons, and who could be the next Tyler Boyd on this edition of Road of His Overtime. Now let's kick it off. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by MyBookie. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter, at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined today by my co-host, the co-owner of Road of His Radio, Mr. Sean Siegel. Week 10 is in the book, Sean, I found it a very, very fascinating week. It was actually a good week for me in terms of GPPs, and funnily enough, it's in one of the weeks where I uh, entered the lowest amount, and the, actually the lowest uh, dollar percentage, and this week, I kind of, I was almost going to set this week out in DFS, and then I... I just got the itch just before kickoff, and uh, one of the teams that I, I set up across a couple of competitions uh, fared pretty well with over 200 points coming in, and those ones on the back of Aaron Jones, David Johnson, Austin Hooper was another one, and Corey Davis. And for anyone that watched Road of His Live this past week, uh, I did it with Hassan Rahim, and we did talk about Aaron Jones and Corey Davis's big, big potentials last week. So they did come true for me. But Sean, how was your week 10? Well, first, tell us how did those GPPs turn out for you then? Well, they, they turned out pretty good. The reason that they didn't turn out as good as they could have, uh, you know, 
it was one of those where after the the first slate of games it kind of looked like i would finish in the money but i wouldn't finish with a huge huge upside the reason that that was is i had uh Jarvis Landry who I was trying to run back because I expected that to be a game where the Falcons would put up quite a number of points so I mentioned Austin Hooper I had him stacked with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan so while Matt Ryan didn't have a huge day uh, he did in terms of targets to Julio Jones and uh, Hooper so that did work out a little bit for me he finished with just over 20 points so not a major day but it kept things ticking over but Landry coming in with the low points total was the one that really affected me and then after that I also had Doug Baldwin who uh, you know while I think he finished with maybe eight or nine points. Not a not a a soul destroying performance, but I really needed a little bit more from those two guys to to really get over the line. So uh, a couple of a couple of top two hundred finishes in those, and uh, but it could have been a lot lot more. I think I finished about uh, thirty five or forty points off first in those. So it wasn't a bad day. Uh, so hopefully hopefully it's a, thing, a sign of uh, positive things to come. <laughs> definitely, definitely, yeah. Landry uh, continuing to run him out there. And, and not that it was even a question, but but certainly continuing to run him out there has has <laughs> caused a few problems for me. I uh, I was playing that that same league that, that I've been keeping listeners informed about because I'm sure that they're fascinated by it. Uh, needing to defeat the team in first place and uh, scored a 189 points, but also made some pretty uh, serious decisions, and that I left 60 points from. Allen Robinson and Matt Breida on the bench in favor of some guys going up against Kansas City, going up against Oakland, uh, who did not perform at all. So losing those points for the points title could come into play down the stretch. Always tricky to play those guys who, in Robinson's case, coming back off of an injury that had kept him out for a while with a groin, you're a little bit concerned about aggravation. And then Breida has looked fantastic, but uh, during the stretch with the backup quarterbacks and with him so dinged up, it's been a little trickier to play him. Uh, certainly hoping that those performances bode well for the future. And next week, hopefully for Robinson, Breida, when he comes back on the bye, hopefully can slide them back in there and then really have a super lineup yeah hopefully so um and obviously week 11 is what we want to talk about but we will be reflecting back on week 10 so let's start doing that right now and jump into the second quarter so sean a couple of weeks ago we well i i titled the, the episode after we finished up and it was as zach Ertz the best tight end in the nfl we also had one as cream hunt the best running back and both of those appear to be uh, possibly true and uh, after this past week week 10 zach Ertz had a monster week catching 14 of 16 targets 145 yards two touchdowns against the cowboys he's been one of the most consistent tight ends in the league this season 70 yards or a touchdown in eight of his nine games this season and at the moment he's starting to reach you know uh, all-time status in terms of what he's done through those uh, opening nine games of the season uh, what have you thought of Ertz? He's somebody who i've been a big fan of for a long time that the, the issue with him for quite a early portion of his career was he would put up the yards and not getting the touchdowns uh, not getting into the end zone but this year he's kind of matched both of those together where he's still getting a lot of targets getting a lot of yards and then he's also getting in the end zone so has he now really uh you know if i if i was drafting in a dynasty league at this point i would be taking him as my number one choice at tight end and I was at that stage a couple of weeks ago, but what he's continued to do over, and then when you look it back, say over the last 18 months, I think he, he puts himself at the top of that tier. Would you still be going Gronk or Kelsey ahead of him, or, or has he solidified himself at the top spot for you? I think he solidified himself there at this point. 
uh, for the 15 this week, pointed out that through 10 weeks since the year 2000, we've had nine different instances of tight ends who were averaging 18 or more points per game. And of those nine players, it's just sort of the big three of Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, Antonio Gates, and sort of peak career for those guys. So when they were at their peaks, they were putting up those types of numbers. And now we have Zach Ertz sliding in there with the second best score through 10 weeks. And he's doing it in all different kinds of ways. As you pointed out, he leads that group in receptions per game, and he leads that group in expected fantasy points. And those two things give him a very, very high floor. And so he doesn't create quite as many points above expectation, doesn't create quite as many uh, points more than his target volume would suggest. But having that high target floor just makes him such a great weekly play. And then when you get a game like last week where he finds the end zone a couple times, you have this potential for an absolutely mammoth game. Yeah, it's uh, it's just something that I've been so th- impressed. And if you look at those numbers, uh, you know that we're touching on. He's really Antonio gets uh, Rob Gronkowski, and then a couple of seasons uh, by Jimmy Graham is really all that puts in there. So he is in a, a top top tier in terms of production. And the other impressive part is that it has been done on a, a lower touchdown percentage than those other guys. So very very uh, you know <laughs> somebody who if you can, I don't think you can buy him in Dynasty, but if you're drafting in Dynasty. Sean, something that we talked about in the offseason was uh, we were very heavily invested in Rob Gronkowski in our best ball leagues, and we, we talked about the strategy of taking a tight end early, and obviously that's not worked out for us so far in those leagues. But with Dynasty, is Dynasty at the tight end position uh, a, a, an area that you target early, or do you try and wait a little bit on tight end in terms of Dynasty leagues? Ertz is somebody I own, uh, and out of that top tier, he would be one of the the only guys I own, I tend to, to buy my tight ends like a Delaney Walker or a Greg Olson and then try and ride them out until until the end of the road, trying to get those kind of older or, or higher age tight ends and then, then keep them for many years. Uh, what's your thoughts on the tight end strategy in, in Dynasty? I like the elite tight end in all formats. So for a long time, I had Gronk, especially when you can get him in the second round in most redraft formats this year. Uh, in the MFL 10 of death selected both Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz uh, to pair them together. And that has worked out extremely well, has carried uh, a team that doesn't have any real stars outside of Ertz uh, to, you know, a very high placing right now Uh, in dynasty. I I think you want to have that team that is unbeatable in dynasty. You have to have a better team to win and to win consistently than you do in redraft and and part of that is making sure you have those points in the starting lineup which means stars at every position and so i would certainly be focusing on those types of players you know obviously you're also looking to pick up people like george kittle hopefully before they really emerge to that next level if you can do it cheaply that's always the best idea but i think getting yourself some depth at the tight end position that starts with a star that's what i like to do in all formats yeah and i think this year more than any year has kind of shown that because if you look at for example Ertz and how consistent he's been somebody like travis kelsey he's had a couple of down weeks but most weeks have been very very productive gronk has been injured but i think when we see him back on the field he'll continue to be uh, productive for this season at least but when you look through the other options once you get outside of that top tier you are looking at george kittle you're probably looking at the moment at somebody like eric ebron who had another very big week but you know in the preseason ebron was uh, pretty much you know free or you maybe get a third round pick for him whereas 
the the tight end position you have that top tier and then after that you have a lot of aging players so for a couple of years there we had Witten and that we had Olsen we had Delaney Walker now Witten has retired and is doing a, a terrible job on Monday Night Football but <laughs> then when we look at the other guys like a Delaney Walker who's injured a Greg Olsen who's injured you are starting to look at the guys who haven't proved themselves like a Kittle like a, an OJ Howard even though he's still doing a, a little bit of production but he has a very young tight end still developing so it's always trying to get that balance and I think having that elite player in the lineup at the tight end position does give you a, a weekly advantage because streaming the position at tight end and this season has been another tough one for it it can be a little bit more difficult and one of the arguments against taking those top tight ends is that perhaps the position is a little bit more bunched together scoring wise they don't give you those huge weeks that allow you to win but you know we kind of mentioned this before that that team that i've been reflecting on main event team leading in points that team does not have any of the big time running backs or wide receivers now it's deep it has patrick mahomes those types of things and that always helps but in a season where you know we went into last week with 14 players at wide receiver and running back scoring 20 points or more just huge point totals and now we have more players joining with ezekiel elliott having the big week this week that team has none of those guys but Ertz now has actually joined the 20 point per game tier and while obviously that's probably a little bit fluky hell of a difficult time sustaining that when we talk about these peak stars, you know, like a Gates when he was in his prime, you know, like a Gronkowski back before he was always injured or in those healthy stretches, a Jimmy Graham when he got to play in that fantastic offense with Drew Brees, those guys can put up some points. And if you have this year's version, you know, it, it's a huge weapon for you when you look at what your opponent is running out there at tight end. Have you ever wanted to place a bet but didn't want to do so because you're afraid to pick the wrong team? Maybe you have a strong feeling on one team or the other. This Thanksgiving, MyBookie has a fantastic opportunity for you. It's possible to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose. The Turkey Day free play, you can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, MyBookie will give you back your money up to $250. You literally can't lose. You either win or you get your money back my bookie is trustworthy it is fast and it is very helpful so you know what you're doing when you're using the site the mobile app is extremely friendly the customer service is fantastic and will walk through any questions with you if you're not sure about how to place a wager they will be happy to help you out sign up this week and my bookie will also give you a 50 percent bonus on any deposit you have set up just to kickstart that bankroll for you it's a great way to bank even more money when you win so log in to my bookie right now use the promo code rotoviz and get a 50 percent bonus uh, deposit and that will be matched the promo code again is rotoviz you don't need a promo code for the turkey day free play if you lose my bookie will credit the money back into your account automatically so what are you waiting for sign up today and don't miss out on the gravy train at my bookie once again that code is rotoviz so Sean, jumping into the third quarter, we've talked about it a couple of times on the show recently, and that is Mr. David Johnson, and I have to say the offense is... This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. 
Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Started to, since the offensive coordinator and everything changed, it started to tailor a little bit more into to what we've seen. And I mentioned earlier uh, the, the daily lineup that I had last week, and David Johnson was a key force in that. He did have a receiving touchdown. He did have a rushing touchdown. I think that the moves on offense have been positive, although there's still a long way to go for this Cardinals team and what they need to improve. Uh, what was your thoughts on what we've seen from David Johnson in Week 10? Do you think we're legitimately going to see more of this going forward? I think we started to see. We did talk about if he still had that burst. I think we've seen a little bit of that explosive, explosive energy coming back into his game in Week 10. Yeah, you get so spoiled at this point watching uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley and and expecting those highlight plays all the time from your stars and and like you mentioned Johnson hasn't shown that this year but looked better against the Chiefs now it's tricky because it is against the Chiefs and obviously they have a bottom five defense the last several weeks in particular their defense has also appeared to be trending a little bit more toward uh, being a sieve against the run maybe holding out against the pass a little bit better the cardinals passing game uh, if you had larry fitzgerald if you had christian kirk in your lineups certainly you were disappointed by their production in a game where you would have expected to see extended garbage time it didn't really work out that way but yeah johnson looked fantastic more than doubled his previous season high in receiving yards doubled his season average in rushing yards found the end zone a couple times and and this is a great reminder of what a great scoring back he is if the offense gets you down there at all what did you see from the play calling uh, that gave you uh, even more encouragement going forward well the 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 team still has a huge issue at the offensive line and that really didn't change in this game but what we did see and it was something we talked about previously was they started to try and get him on the edge started to try and get the balls in his hands out in space like we've seen again this week with melvin garden simple dump off pass by philip rivers a similar play almost to what we've seen with cream hunt uh, against the browns two weeks ago where they take the short pass and then with their speed with their athleticism they're able to get into the end zone we see david johnson this week get a touchdown through the air and it was a really simple concept to get him out in space and you know to get the quick pass into his hand so they started to try and utilize him in more ways i also think that helps the quarterback and josh rosen to get him them opportunities to get the ball out of his hands quick and take the pressure off him and avoid you know sacks and extra pressures on the quarterback so i just think play calling as a whole as you mentioned uh the wide receivers we would have expected a little bit more from them this week but i think part of that may have gone into that short to intermediate game to david johnson but I, I just think i was impressed with how it's developed over the last two weeks i think you know we talked last week about duke johnson and him having the big game two weeks ago and would that be something we see continuing he did have a an okay game this past week but not on the same level as what we had seen 
uh, two weeks ago. But I think with David Johnson, the numbers are starting to trend in the right direction. The usage is starting to look a lot better in terms of how they're using him. It's not just like he was still getting those touches we mentioned after week four, week five, week six. But the, I didn't think they were quality touches where they were just running them into the into the line. So the usage that he's getting now and the opportunities he's getting has uh, really piqued my interest in him. And something that you also mentioned in the 15 this week is that, you know, because off that touchdown upside that you said like he's not having a great season in terms of overall production when we look at a, a garden or a hunt or a, a garley or a camara but in terms of what he's doing behind that those guys he's he's still having a pretty good season in terms of his touchdown production and i think as the season goes on we could see him start to redevelop and, and gain some of that value back in terms of dynasty league so i think at the moment he still is somebody that i'd be looking to uh, buy in dynasty and you mentioned something in the in the piece this week and that was that sometimes after a big game is the best time to try and buy some of these players uh, who haven't been performing well off a potential owner because they'll think that they're selling at a high point whereas i think this is just a start for david johnson as he starts to pick back up and become come into that top tier again exactly and the question is always what price will work if if you are making a move for david johnson you're obviously going to have to pay something significant if it's simply swapping him out for one of the players who's having an excellent season this year it's difficult to see exactly how you benefit from that and that's where i think putting together a complicated package a fun package an interesting package can really get you a pretty decent part of the way down the road i mentioned one of my offers for saquon barkley on a recent show uh subsequent to the show we had talked about how that was declined but was able to add in philip Lindsay, got back a couple pieces and and one of those pieces ended up being duke johnson which uh, was mostly included as a throw-in from the other side but you can fall into some players who might have some decent value and nelson aguilar was another guy included coming back who really could see his value jump if he finishes this year well or moving on to a different team uh, someone who has at least some potential to go on and do a robert woods uh, kind of thing down the line right be a, a marvin jones even an emmanuel sanders type of player where with that second team I mean, he's shown just enough and and obviously it was interesting this week uh, we talked a lot about Ertz, but with the eagles target breakdown golden tate came in there took a little work but their targets beyond Ertz were actually very evenly spread aguilar actually having uh, one of his better performances as of late so it'll be interesting to see how that situation develops but I think when you're looking at these top backs, you know, if you have someone like Le'Veon Bell, if you're looking to trade with owners who are rebuilding and you have multiple picks, if you have some guys like a Jerick McKinnon, who in theory really should come back and have an excellent season next year, we've seen Breida now uh, with a handful of, of excellent games. So that may be more of a timeshare, but that offense is going to generate huge rushing fantasy production overall depending on how it's split, will obviously uh, determine just how valuable those guys are. But you want a piece of that offense. So there are some different types of pieces that you could use in packages to go after a David Johnson if you're making a push for the end of this year that then would also benefit you in subsequent seasons. 
Yeah, and the, the deals I kind of tend to do, we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago with that other trade that you mentioned. Uh, I tend to go player plus picks or, you know, two players in a pick. But somebody, if they're going to be giving up, somebody like a David Johnson is going to want a substantial player and a substantial pick. And if I was looking at the running back position, I'm interested to get your thoughts, Sean, if you were looking like somebody that I would be interested in uh, moving to get somebody like David Johnson would be somebody like Jordan Howard in a first round pick, potentially Derek Henry in a first round pick. Uh, even somebody like James White, somebody who's having a really strong season at the moment, but long term and dynasty value, I still think that he, he doesn't have a huge amount of long term dynasty value. So he would also be somebody with that sort of pick that I would be looking. Are those sort of moves that you'd be looking to to see if you could do, or do you think even would would uh, a David Johnson owner be willing to go into something like that, or do you think you would need to be looking at a higher tier player like a Sonny Michelle or a, a Leonard Fournette potentially with that first round pick? I think those guys would actually be more interesting to the David Johnson owner. Certainly in uh, dynasty dynasty leagues, those guys are going to be more interested. It may just be my personal bias against the players who need to get so much of their value from the rushing touchdowns. But Howard and Henry are not guys that would move me very close to David Johnson if I were looking at potentially moving him. But certainly Michelle Fournette, I think there are some possibilities with Dalvin Cook if the owner is tired of some of the things going on there. Although I know in a lot of conversations in the leagues that I'm in, uh, the Cook owners are are still very excited about what he could do. But when you're talking about getting a David Johnson type of player back, then it really does open up a lot of possibilities in terms of what you might get. So on both sides of the trade, now that we've seen a good game, I think we could see more interesting markets. It really just shuts it all down in terms of discussion when a guy is performing well below what everyone knows he can do. And so now that things are starting to get going again there, you know, you could potentially see something with Nick Chubb, who just looks fantastic. Uh, but there are still offensive questions there. There are still questions about how many points he will score in the passing game obviously he scored a a receiving touchdown this past week and so maybe he actually will have some value there even with duke johnson also in the equation but some of those young guys who still could see a, a fairly wide range of of outcomes going forward might be people you could pick up if you're trying to sell and certainly i think you're going to need to put a at least a solid player if you're talking about a howard or a henry i think you probably have to offer uh, multiple first round picks probably multiple second round picks to get the david johnson owner to consider it but i had a couple of of trades that did go through this past off season where it was a package of a player in that range and and four picks maybe split half and half between first and second rounders so unless johnson really collapses which is which is always uh, a possibility you know the 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 window for running back success is really very tight and you know you have offensive problems an injury could always come into play so there are, there are multiple types of risks associated with him but with that type of player you can also turn back around trade him away you know get a lot of those picks back if you need the flexibility later so losing the flexibility in the short term i don't think is as big a problem when you're dealing with a star yeah and uh, a couple of players who uh, we mentioned i mentioned michelle there's somebody else who was a, a draft pick this year at the running back position 
uh, was Rashid Penny. And obviously this week for the Seattle Seahawks, he had quite a, quite a good game overall. He had 108 yards and a touchdown and 12 carries. I was impressed with the athleticism that he showed. Uh, obviously, there was a situation this week that the backfield was shooken up a little bit. But they do have Chris Carson and Mike Davis going forward. Uh, and Davis this week was the other back in the backfield with Carson missing out 11 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown on one of his four receptions. But moving forward, the Seahawks, obviously their game is really predicated on the run. There isn't a huge amount of passing in it. Uh, Russell Wilson had one of his best rushing games this past week, something I think they need to try and do more with him. But with how heavily they're leaning on the run, what's your thoughts on this backfield going forward? Do you think Penny can start to edge his way into a prominent role, or do you think they're going to continue uh, when Carson comes back as they were working uh, previously to this week? The thing that you run into with the Seahawks is their willingness to play the players who are playing well at the time. And that's a great reality philosophy. It's something that can worry you a little bit in fantasy because you want to have your guy be the guy and have it just completely clear cut. The Patriots with Michelle have you know very quickly moved him into that role. Obviously, his situation with James White almost two completely separate positions in terms of the way they play it you look at nick chubb now with the carlos high trade he's the guy and so even in a bad offense you can count on him getting the kinds of touches that will allow for those big burst plays to occasionally happen and those are so crucial for your scoring with someone like penny who perhaps will still not get the volume it it worries you a little bit more now in terms of how he looked he looked fantastic we had uh, dave caben had a number of really cool off-season articles looking at breakaway plays he pulled all the the college football plays in from last season broke those guys down and, and perhaps not surprisingly so many of those top guys the really big names they had authored a ton of breakaway plays during the course of their final college campaign and penny was right there with them now with the quality of schedule that he played it's a little bit of an apples and oranges comparison but with penny you're getting a big guy right you're getting a big guy with plus speed and that was definitely on display this sunday he looked fantastic the problem is that mike davis also looked good right 11 carries 58 yards he's a plus receiver at this point he scores a receiving touchdown Uh, chris carson they love that guy and you know not the talent level of penny probably at the same time, if Chris Carson had had the kind of game that Rashad Penny had this past week, you'd look at it and be like, yeah, that, that's who he is. That's the kind of thing you can do. So when you start to look at these three guys, it does worry you a little bit when you know that, number one, the Seahawks are going to play whoever's hot, and number two, that Russell Wilson is going to get a lot of carries, which benefits the running backs from an efficiency perspective but holds their total volume down. And then again, you're, you're having an offense that may not run that many total plays also as a result. So there are some red flags, but just specifically looking at Penny this week, uh, he, he was awesome. Are you more excited about Penny now? Would you be selling? Or if you own him, you're like, this is the time we're going to finally get to uh, play this superstar prospect down the stretch, win in the fantasy playoffs with him it's an unusual setup because i said of the injury to chris carson this past week i don't think we would have seen the usage that he even got and that was based again uh, on 12 carries so it wasn't a huge workload it just showed that he had a very efficient game so if i own him if i picked him up in dynasty he's somebody that i'm holding because uh, i think long term there's a huge amount of potential there but when i look at him from a season-long perspective i think that it's probably going to be a three-headed backfield and it's going to be a case that unless there's injuries it's going to continue to be 
uh, you know, kind of Russian roulette as to who gets in the end zone on a weekly basis. I think they're going to get Russian touchdowns every week, but it's just depending on who gets those Russian touchdowns that makes it uh, very hard to call. So I still think he's more of a long-term play uh, unless there's an injury. If, if Davis or Carson gets injured, I think he could be one of those guys going down the stretch uh, that gets gets you, you know, a fantasy championship. It's interesting when you look at some of the backfields because we have guys at the moment who... Um, you know, for example, a Kareem Hunt, but we've seen Spencer Ware start to get worked in in certain situations. Or we have, I know we've uh, we've kind of talked down Mark Ingram and what he's done so far. But you have a Kamara, but you have somebody like a Ingram behind him. Someone of these, and it's something I don't like to say. It's likely that one of these superstar running backs get injured, and it's likely that one of those guys that are behind them ends up being the guy that helps you win a fantasy championship. So it's always interesting to try and see. So I think with injuries, one of these guys could potentially become that guy but at the moment with three of them in there it's very difficult uh, to call to call which uh, one it would be so sean jumping into the fourth quarter we're going to look at uh, a wide receiver and i did mention mark ingram we will be talking about one of his teammates we may even touch on the effect that mark ingram had on him after the first couple of weeks that he was back but michael thomas is over the last two weeks and over this entire season and literally over his entire career has been on a historic pace in terms of what he has been able to do at the wide receiver position pretty much all of the records that were set by odell beckham when he came in as a rookie for catches and uh, everything like that there he has kind of gone on to break them since that and thomas is now on a list uh, of best ever seasons true week 10 and he had eight for 70 and two touchdown performance this week against the Bengals he's just an incredibly efficient player in terms of when he is targeted by Drew Brees this season he's pretty much uh, you know catching nine out of every 10 balls he's at 89.7 percent that was actually I believe above 90 percent heading into this past week so the efficiency is uh, just just so so impressive and what he has continued to do since he came in as a rookie has been incredible somebody who coming out of high school wasn't the the highest rated prospect uh, on you know on college boards and uh, has just gone on to kind of true dedication and hard work has proven himself to be one of the best route runners in the nfl and uh, certainly has uh, hands that rival anybody in the nfl michael thomas we did we did talk up adam Thielen a couple of weeks ago he is on this list as well but Michael Thomas, uh, we, we're like I, I did touch on it in another show. We're kind of blessed to be watching these wide receivers. You know, DeAndre Hopkins. Like we've barely talked at all on this show since we started it about somebody like Odell Beckham. There's just incredible wide receivers in the NFL now. But where where do you put uh, Thomas in that list? He's definitely moving toward the top. And you mentioned what I think is the most fun part of this season is that you know over the last three four or five years there's been so much discussion of well is it wide receivers or is it running backs and to have a season like 2018 where the top players have stayed relatively healthy which i think is is all you know any drafter can ask for is to be able to play the guys they picked and then so many of those top players are scoring so many points. And so, you know, for a while there, people were very excited about zero running back for, I think, the wrong reasons, saying, okay, all of these running backs are down, they're getting hurt, we want to go uh, with the wide receivers. That wasn't really what it was about. And then, you know, we have the backlash and we have a couple of very down seasons for the top wide receivers and everybody's like well the the wide receivers are done the nfl no longer works that way you can't get the points from those top players and to have a season like 2018 where you've got todd Gurley, you've got saquon barkley you've got alvin Kamara, you know you've got someone like kareem hunt scoring a ton of points even on a relatively low touch total 
But then on the other side of that, you have you know Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, and we forgot about OBJ again. We keep forgetting about OBJ. <laughs> yeah, and, and he has the the big game last night, and is doing it with an Eli Manning who is completely and totally broken, right? On a team that is flat out awful. It was nice to see Eli make uh, the pass last night, unless you obviously were a, a 49ers fan, although. Certainly the argument there that, that losing that game will be uh, the better outcome for, for either of those teams. Yeah, what, what uh, Beckham is doing with you know probably one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. And to see all of these guys, and, and I don't really buy into the rule changes being the cause. Now, it, does it come into play? It probably comes into play a little bit. But you're seeing great performances by great players and innovation with the offenses and then so you know you have situations where you have players who are so good like beckham who are overcoming situations and and that's what we saw i think a little bit this last week with david johnson too is you've got so many guys who are so flexible so talented and to see what they're doing it's really been phenomenal but yes you know looking at michael thomas he is sitting right there with adam thielen behind wes welker and julio jones in terms of most receptions per game uh, through 10 weeks, Thielen and Thomas are not quite as high because of the value of their targets compared to some of these other really big time players who, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, Steve Smith, Isaac Bruce, Terrell Owens, some of those guys with the downfield, the run after catch, you know, all of those kinds of things, the, the true, you know, top of the top. But because of the offenses they're playing in, and then because Adam Thielen has just been fantastic, you know their points over expectation are way up there. You look at someone like a Julio Jones, who, because of the touchdown situation, comes in more on average or on uh, on expectation in terms of his volume. Thielen is is four and a half points above that. Michael Thomas is almost seven points above his volume, which is which is why those guys are sitting at twenty four points a game and twenty three point nine points per game. Even when you compare them to these ridiculous running back seasons, those point totals are competitive. They absolutely are, and I'm just looking at the list here on the screener. And if you actually look at Julio Jones's season this year compared to the pace that he set, which is the highest rated one uh, in 2015. He's actually averaging more yards per game by uh, 1.1 yard this season. So just incredible what he's doing. I know we're all talking about the touchdowns, but he has a back-to-back touchdowns. But the actual uh, yards per game, he's averaging 115.4 yards per game, which is absolutely incredible. So we're just in a time, and you touched on it. Uh, it probably does factor in a little bit with the play or with the, the rules changes, but I think the efficiency and the kind of ingenuity on offense with guys like Sean McVay, with the Kyle Shanahan, who... Like there's guys just trying to. I know Kyle Shanahan this season it hasn't been going all his way, but there's younger play callers trying to to spruce things up. And I guess when we're talking about the younger play callers, we have to head on Sean Payton because everyone's gushing over the young guys. But arguably, Sean Payton's still the most creatively offensive mind in the NFL with what he's been doing again with the Saints this year. So uh, you know, there's there's just I think that has a major impact on it. And then you touched as well on the athleticism of the players. Uh, obviously, if you look back to ten years ago, the players now are faster they're stronger than they were back then so it's just a case that all that combined into one gives us such an incredible season so far uh, for the 2018 season let's hope it continues the rest of the way so sean let's jump into overtime and uh, 
we 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 talked up Tyler Boyd this year. I think you were the the chief uh, pilot on that. I, I guess we'll call it an airplane. Usually we say the hype train, but uh, we had a case where uh, we were talking up Tyler Boyd and what we thought he could do. And obviously he's produced so far this season uh, and in major ways for people who did draft him. But uh, there, there's an article up on the site this week, and it's in relation to who could be the next Tyler Boyd, and it's from John Lipinski. Uh, and when you look at some of the players that are involved, Richard Higgins had only a single target this week against the Falcons, but he did have a, a 28-yard touchdown. And I mentioned Jarvis Landry. He didn't have much to do, finish with just five targets, 22 yards. Callaway and Perryman only saw two targets each. Uh, you know, The other player, though, that stood out really for me this week that was on the list is Zay Jones. And you know, pretty much, I would say as much as three or four weeks ago probably was still looked upon as a, a laughing stock uh, in the nfl but this past week had his pretty much uh, best game of his career he saw 11 targets eight receptions 93 yards uh, and a touchdown as well so that gave him a 23 point week overall playing with somebody who was picked up off the street a couple a couple of weeks ago so just the, the you know the Bills went from the worst team in the nfl to probably the second worst team in the nfl with that win over the jets but zay jones can he be uh, somebody who you could target now in Dynasty or you could think about starting to draft late even next year. I know we're thinking ahead a long way, but is he somebody who could step to that level? Uh, is Zay here to stay? <laughs> I think so. You mentioned uh, Lipinski's article. He does fantastic Dynasty work for us that came out a couple weeks ago. And just since the article has come out, we've seen the players on that list start to gain in value. And, and Jones is definitely the headliner there i joked in the article that all it took for him to have a breakout game was to have a legitimate third string qb on the field uh matt barkley is a guy i think could be a poor man's ryan fitzpatrick now that may not be the title that i would put him in that josh mccown bucket as well he could fit into the the mccown fitzpatrick uh, jamboree exactly exactly and you know we tend to think of those guys maybe as um you know, not legitimate NFL players or, you know, sort of humorous guys that go out there and chuck it around. But, uh, you know, if you could be a poor man's version of someone who gets to play a lot of NFL football, uh, that that's not a bad deal. And uh, it surprises me considering the way he moved the ball with the Bears a couple of years ago that he hasn't had a little bit more of an opportunity now you move the ball and you throw that interception in the end zone like ryan fitzpatrick is wont to do and and barkley as well then teams are, are sort of turned off by that i think there's a little bit more of a move in the direction of or there's that tendency to like i'll take alex smith who is not going to move the ball but we can punt successfully at the end of every drive we're, we're not going to see all of those drives uh, in in strip sacks or crazy interceptions but Certainly, I think he can do worse than Barkley, and it was fun to see this game play out. When you contrast what Jones did to where Kelvin Benjamin is now, that gives you a little bit maybe of a point of reference for evaluating where these guys are because to to evaluate them outside of the context of this Buffalo offense just really wouldn't be fair. We had talked up Jones a little bit going into the NFL. He's got both big positives and some big red flags he doesn't really fit the tyler boyd mold from the perspective of boyd had all of that fantastic early production in college on the other hand jones's late production was out of this world and then he went and proved that he's actually not a bad athlete you know he's got that 445 speed you know 36 and a half inch vertical uh, six seven nine three cone all numbers that suggest not freakish athleticism by any stretch 
but a slightly above average NFL athleticism. And when you're talking about someone being a slightly above average athlete for the NFL, I mean, you're talking about something fairly special there. So when things start to get better, I really think that we could see something from Jones. And part of this is probably just my ownership of him in some various dynasty leagues. But I think people should go out and try and acquire him. He's probably a little bit of a different situation than David Johnson, where you don't want to put those offers out directly he has that good game but a couple weeks from now you know you start to slide those back in you know hopefully he has a couple more quiet performances whether you own him or don't own him i mean you're probably not playing him obviously uh get those offers in there you mentioned jones you mentioned this article is he someone who we could see either as a tyler boyd or maybe down the line someone more like a marvin jones or robert woods who emerges with their second team depending on what happens with josh allen at the quarterback position and how the team uh moves forward he could be that you know it could be a second team you know a fourth or fifth year breakout kind of candidate but it is also interesting that if josh allen can put it together and if this team can improve that he could be somebody uh who who can step up like a, a tyler boyd i think he's somebody who coming in he he certainly had ability but he like he the amount of drops he had the amount of mistakes he had through his first couple of seasons he had off the field issues there was just so much going on with him and uh you know if he can start to put some uh you know game together i think there's a potential for him to break out down the road not somebody who i'd be going crazy and putting in uh you know second round offers for in terms of dynasty but he is somebody who if you can get him cheap uh, and i would wait a couple of weeks in case he, he he goes back to it like i don't expect him to continue to do this the rest of the season i think he can get him and you know he's one of those players i always look for players who like tyler boyd uh, i know i Aguilar has had a, a little bit of a dip back to what he was previous to last year but you look at those guys who or even a Devontae Adams a few years ago, where people are kind of thinking that there's not much there in them and they're trying to cast them off in terms of dynasty assets. You can get them a little bit cheaper and then you can hope that they hit. If they don't hit, there's no major loss. If they do hit, it's a major bonus for you. So that's the kind of way that I, I would look at somebody like a Zay Jones looking, looking to the future. He's a, a kind of cheap investment that could turn into something. And if he doesn't turn into something, there's no major loss that that happens there either. Uh, Sean, just to finish up, I have a, I don't know if you've seen this this week, but the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers scored three points this week against the Washington Redskins. Do you have any idea of how many total yards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put up to get three points? It it seems like it has to be over five hundred because we had four hundred plus just <laughs> from Fitzpatrick. Is that is that not the case? Yeah, I didn't know that you knew the Fitzpatrick number. Fitzpatrick had four hundred and six passing yards, and uh, then he actually had thirty five rushing yards himself, and Peyton Barber sixty one. So they went over five hundred. Uh, yards and put up just three points which is uh, absolutely incredible and on the on the Washington Redskins they have had the lead or been behind in every game this season they haven't had a lead change at any point in their games they are uh, tied now for the all-time record so if they if they do that again this next week uh, it'll be a case where they stand alone so some uh, fun but useless information to hear at the end of the show but with that it's going to get us towards the end of it i do want to give a quick reminder to the road of his patreon page um, and obviously you can sign up to get access to road of his live it's been a lot of fun doing that show as i mentioned i was on with hassan rahim this past week it is six dollars a month to get those four shows and of course it helps us support the podcast here and uh, continue 
continue to develop and grow the channel as we move forward this week it is dave cabin we are still working out who the guest will be but it will certainly be a lot of fun do not miss out on this week's show again that is road of his patreon and you can sign up through the patreon page the other thing to mention always as we finish up is the road of his discount as a loyal podcast listener you can get 30 percent off a road of his nfl pass right now through the nfl podcast homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast and you mentioned like we talked about Lipinski's piece on dynasty there's so much stuff coming up Davy dynasty and even making that final push for the rest of the season so there's great information going up on a daily basis on rotoviz so get yourself that 30 percent discount as well once again that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast so sean as we wrap up the week 10 edition it is episode 17 of rotoviz overtime uh any final thoughts as we wrap things up here just continue to to make the push you never know how a league can break i've seen a handful of leagues where a team will get to an eight and oh and nine and oh really had this in in one of the main events this week where a nine and oh team uh, you look at the roster now uh, just does not have the players and could lose out and uh, you know there are so many different types of things that we're seeing this year we have so many players scoring so many points that i'm seeing more even leagues you know certainly it's it's a possibility you get you know three four five of these guys even somehow bunched together on on a top team but with the teams being relatively balanced and with the potential for all kinds of craziness with the buys down the stretch you never know how a big injury might impact things so certainly keep fighting if you're in the mix never know when that team in first place that team in second place might collapse down the stretch and and certainly for listeners who are in leagues that are 11 weeks long uh we're rooting for you hard last week finish it up strong make the playoffs and then good luck in in weeks 12 and 13 as you head to those semi-final and and final weekends absolutely and uh, with that sean it's going to do us for this week's edition of overtime on road of his radio once again my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and my co-host is sean siegel who you can follow at ff underscore contrarian and with that until we're back with the next episode have a good one Thank you for listening to the Overtime Podcast on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Geico presents, yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.